Hi, and welcome to the 4th U Dimension podcast. My name is Ember Kelly, and I am the Director of Religious Education at the 4th Universalist Society in the city of New York. This podcast is part of our Getting the Message series. This series looks at the services and at the reflections that are in our service. And today we had a really special service. It was a food justice service that was a kickoff to a month of events and activism centered around the concept of food justice. Uh, and so it was a service that had voices from lots of different places. And I am very excited that today for our podcast slash video that we have Barbara Woods and Liz Wolf, who are the co-leads of the environmental justice team uh, with us today to talk a little bit about uh, both the environmental justice team, but also about the service and about this month of events. So uh, Barbara and Liz, if you two would like to just introduce yourselves for those viewers who might not know you. Good morning, my name is Barbara Woods. Um, I am the child of farming families in Delaware. And so I also have a personal connection to farms and food. And uh, I'm a co-lead with, uh, with Liz Wolf on the environmental justice team. And the team also has Brett Essler, Jody Bryan, Melanie Lee, Liz Wolf, um, Eileen Jarrett, and Ember Kelly and Swayal Smalls. And um, Brett and Jody, I have to say, did the heavy lifting for this. They did all the organizing. So that we owe them a big uh, hug of gratitude for this. But we just had a really wonderful podcast with the Center for Mockley Workers and the Fair Food um, Program. And they were people who educated us on what it's like to be in the fields in Florida and the entire East Coast, because they're actually um, working with the East Coast and now also Texas and the West, um, and what it's like to um, get harassed, but also be uh, sexually assaulted and um, to not be paid for their work. And so they, it was really a moving program. And Brett and Jody have put together a whole series of programs, gonna be the next three Tuesdays about um, justice. And I am interested in this work because I am really interested in buying food that supports the environment, a clean environment, but also supports uh, fair work practices for farm workers. And um, I'm trying to buy from farmers markets, but also from places that I think would um, support a fair wage for workers. And uh, and so I think it starts with each one of us and then we can move it into our fourth U community and then into the world. So I'm excited to learn over the next few weeks. Definitely, and Liz? Well, hi, my name is Liz Wolf. And as I said earlier, I grew up on a sheep farm, which is a joke if you hear those two words, wolf and sheep together. And just letting you know ahead of time that I've already heard all the jokes. And I, <laughs> about that, I'm a member of the Fourth Universalist Society in the city of New York. I've been a member since uh, 2001, 2002, excuse me. And I am, I have been involved in many aspects of the church over the years. I've been on the board, I've been in, in music, I've done um, membership, I've done all kinds of things. And this is the first time that I've become involved specifically in the justice work of the church and the, in the faith and action of our church. And it started for me when I went 
to the climate change march and heard Greta Thunberg speak. And I came back and in a rush of emotion, um, volunteered for the environmental justice team, which then of course immediately meant that I was the co-lead. So thankfully Barbara joined me in that, in that effort. And together we came up with this idea for the food justice month, because we know this is something that we can personally take action on. It's not just some bigger, bigger idea that's out there that you have to be Stacey Abrams to, you know, make this huge impact. We personally can make an impact and that's what we, what we're doing this for. Definitely. As somebody who has done activism work, I, I totally get the story of going quickly from signing up to volunteer to being a co-lead. Uh, I had the same experience catapulting from a volunteer to a, a board member quite quickly with an organization in the past. So that, that resonates with me. <laughs> um, so the environmental justice team, uh, I've had the honor of getting to know you all as we've worked on planning this month of events uh, and uh, Barbara mentioned some of the names, uh, and especially we had some members really contributing a lot to, to get this events together. Uh, but I'd love to hear just a little bit about the team, like uh, what what are some of the, the driving forces? What what do you hope to accomplish? Uh, you know, I suppose if, if somebody was was joining our congregation completely uh, brand new, and they were like, "Why do you have an environmental justice team?" Um, so you know, just uh, tell us a little bit about it. Well, I'll start. Um, environmental justice is racial, racial justice, and um, they are intertwined, as we saw today with the Coalition for Mockley Workers, and it's also democratic justice. It's on how do we get our politicians to do the right thing, and our politicians have been paid by um, the fossil fuel industry to ignore climate change, and they've been paid by the big food corporations to ignore workers' rights. So um, we have a lot of work to do and it starts with each of us individually, but then it becomes collective if we can get together and move forward. And I was lucky enough to join the team just as we were having the plastics challenge this summer, um, which was really a wonderful way to start for me um, because that also starts at home, like what, banning single-use plastics in our home and how, how do we do that? Um, because the plastics industry is like the tobacco industry. It makes each of us feel like it's our fault that we're buying things in plastic and then we have no place. It's not really, it's, we learned this summer it's not being recycled. Um, they're putting the little diagram on the bottom to make us feel like it's being recycled, but none of our plastics is being recycled except for the big jugs, the milk jugs or the the uh, laundry detergent chucks, but that's the only type that's being recycled. So um, we just, we were just talking as a team, we wanna start making these incremental changes in our own lives and then our fourth U community and then hopefully the wider world so that we can bring about change. And I will add to that, that when the justice team, the bigger umbrella of the justice team put together what a justice team wanted to work on. There was a survey that went to the congregation and environmental justice, along with racial justice, immigration, and um, voting, political, what's the word I'm looking for, um, 
those were the those were the areas that were important to our members. And of course, there's many ways in which they bleed into each other and many ways in which it ignores bigger issues that we're not paying attention to because there's so much work to be done. So we chose to pick this one area and focus on it and see what difference we could make. Definitely. And that definitely really seems to be the case with, with food justice. I know the different uh, events you know, all have different kind of intersections for climate change, for local issues, for uh, composting and waste and environmental issues. You know, these, these uh, as you kind of stated there, this interconnects so much uh, with, with a lot of the different other issues. So tell us a little bit about Food Justice Month. I know we have, we had the service today uh, and you know, what, what else do we have going on with this month of events? I'll jump in and say that there are actually um, three different main areas. So Barbara, you'll help me with this. And the three main areas are, uh, we are looking, that's my husband whistling in the background. I hope you can, hope you can hear him. Um, is um, we're, we're looking at food composting. We're looking at um, climate change and we're looking at hunger. So those are the three main food, food waste and compost. We're looking at the ways that um, food injustice with uh, equal, inequality and in, as it relates to food distribution and hunger. And then of course, how what we're doing is impacting our climate. Barbara, anything to add? Yep, that's true. And then how climate change is often on the backs of people that don't have a choice. Like the incinerators are placed in areas where there are lower people with, with who have lower income or Flint, Michigan. If we can just think about Flint, Michigan, the water in Flint, Michigan is not um, drinking water that they have. They have water that's been diverted from a polluted source now. So um, the, the problems of, of climate change um, and environmental justice are often placed um, on the backs of people who have lower income. Definitely, and you know, so we both like the the great thing, uh, and it was kind of mentioned in the service a little bit. The great thing about food justice is it's both an issue that we can take actions easily in our own lives, uh, but that there is these wider systemic issues that we can begin to confront. And I think that's, you know, uh, really, really beautiful that we can do both. Uh, but it is important to remember that the weight of it all isn't on uh, us when we, you know, can be pressuring these big companies and big brands to really start making a difference. Um, and I feel really fortunate both to have gotten to work and planning all this, but I've also been fortunate to have activists in, in my life that have really helped educate me on these issues as well. Uh, one of which who will be on as a podcast guest this month. Uh, but I am just really, I'm looking forward to these events. I'm looking forward to the takeaways and getting to learn more. So what message do you hope uh, that the congregation as a whole takes away from like today's service and from, from the events? You know, if you, we're talking directly at them. I suppose you are in, in the podcast right now. Uh, if you're telling them one thing that you hope they, that they take away, uh, what would it be? I think it's often easy for all of us to feel hopeless when we look at the climate change and about the earth warming up and about animals going extinct and um, frogs are going extinct, birds are going extinct. And it's often 
we're often saying, what can we do? Um, and it's often easy to feel hopeless when we're looking at the racial injustices like the murder of George Floyd this summer and, and countless other people. But we can start with us and food justice is giving us a way to start very small and then work up into larger um, ways of connecting with politicians um, and with making change. So we can start with our family and how we purchase things, how we cook things, how we organize our family. And then we can also start with our church and then the wider community and the politicians. I, I would like all of those things. I would like to also add one of the things that actually came out of this conversation, the service for me today, listening to the Immokalee workers is the ways that our food system impacts us in, in ways we're not thinking about. You know, what is my biggest complaint every year? Tomatoes just don't taste like they used to taste, right? I, I hate, I won't buy regular tomatoes. I spend the whole year searching for the, well, you know, that's kind of minor in comparison to what's really happening to the workers who are picking those tomatoes. And there was another thing that stood out for me today that um, it was a story that I wanted to add, but I was afraid my talk would go too long. So I'm going to I'm glad I have the opportunity to say it now, which is how for the Immokalee workers, as they were sharing that the one of the ways that they're impacted is by uh, this gender-based abuse, mostly women being, you know, sexually abused, et cetera. And the story that I wanted to tell, you know, back in the 70s, every year, the one on the farm, you know, we were on the farm. So we've been farming for several years. And every year, Pritz's Feed, which is the local feed store, would sponsor a farmer's dinner. And by farmers, they meant the men. So women were not invited to this event. And one year my mother said, well, I have a, I have an account at Pritz's Feed and I'm a farmer and it's the farmer's dinner. So she arrived to this event unannounced. So she was the only woman in the whole place probably you know at least 100 farmers probably around maybe more and after that they started inviting the women the wives as well who of course are just as much of farmers as all the men were but just to show you know of course that was in the 70s but just to show you how that is a way in which discrimination was occurring and continues obviously into the 90s and into the 2020s so that is something that I think is important for us to expand our knowledge about what's happening behind the scenes that we don't, that goes beyond caring about what a tomato tastes like. Definitely. Uh, and we have further options to keep uh, growing your knowledge of the things behind the scenes. The coming Tuesdays, so we have, that is Tuesday the 12th the 19th and the 26th, all at 7 p.m. And they are on our main 4th U Zoom room they can find on our webpage. And we hope that uh, lots of folks will join us. And I wanna thank the both of you for coming on today as Getting the Message guests. Uh, and I'm just incredibly looking forward to this month of events. Thank you for asking us. Yes, thank you for your support and for helping to amplify our message. It's very important. And thank you to all of our listeners. You can always let us know you listen by leaving us a like or hitting subscribe.